When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber. www.noonelikesus.co.uk You're listening to Achtung Mobile, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Accept no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to part two of Achtung Millwall 509. I'm speaking to Mr. Michael Avery in the aftermath of last night's very poor home defeat to QPR. Welcome to the show, Michael. Oh, good afternoon. Do you know what? I was going to come up with some little witty intro, but nah. Hello, everyone. Hope you've recovered <laughs> from last night. I was just saying off air, listeners. Um, I mean, obviously, tweet in the aftermath of, uh, of, of a loss last night. And, you know, sometimes in, in the heat of the defeat, you can maybe, um, you know, go go further than you might do in a cold light of day with your opinion. But um, it's amazing how ma- many replies I've had, maybe with only one exception, I think, have been relentlessly um, downbeat. It was just an utterly, utterly shambolic performance last night. I'm, I'm trying to find something positive, and I, I can only think of one thing, and that's Billy Mitchell's performance, because apart from that, I can't think of much that really retrieves last night's show at all. How did you find it? Do you know what? I'm going to have to get the thesaurus out and think of other words that, that are similar to abysmal because I think I used them all last night. I don't <laughs> think... Gary Rowett plays boring football. Gary, uh, Gary Rowett plays efficient football. A Gary Rowett plays a game where it isn't pretty on the eye, but it gets results. Last night was... I don't think I've seen us play that bad before. I've seen us play bad. Don't get mm. me wrong. I've seen us play awful before. And, you know, we've grinded out a result or just about, you know, you've seen bad nil-nils or you've seen games, the Fulham game last year, where they just completely played us off the park because they were that much better than us. But I don't think I've seen us play that bad in a long, long time. We were horrific. And it's very, very interesting. We'll touch on it shortly again um, when we get into other aspects of the show. But people who were listening to radios or seeing it on Sky, they were like, oh, from the stats, we looked all right. I mean... I think shots on target. I mean, it's not my, it wasn't my impression of the game, listeners, but um, I think shots on target we came out about evens and percentage-wise, we had more of the ball, which seemed to defy what I'd, I'd seen. But I, I just, I mean, my own personal view is that statistics in football are, are, are neither in nor there. You can see what's unfolding in, unfolding in front of you. 
Uh, I mean, one chap replied to me last night um, about being negative and or being negative for for uh, to gain likes and retweets on on Twitter. That is about the last thing on earth that interests me, listeners. I do not care about retweets or likes for negative opinions. I don't like to be negative, Michael, but you've got to come back to the manager because he sets the tone, he picks the side, he sets the he sets the formation. And for one reason or another, and I, I, I don't know if we'll uh, solve this conundrum on this show, but that group of players who are collectively quite good. Um, John Berylson has invested in this in this current side. Um, I'm not playing for him. Um, why that is, I, I don't know. Um, I don't hold in much with this formation talk, Michael, do you? I mean, the, the, the merits of a wing-back system versus a 4-3-3 or any other combo of, of numbers. I think if you're not going to play, it won't matter what formation you, you you take to the field. I think actually Gary Rowett said that in his post-match comments. I've just been looking at on London News Online. They don't seem to want to play for the man at the moment. Nick, I'm not being funny, and I swear I'm not saying this for comic value, but at one point it was a bit like, you know when you get those confetti balloons and they burst and all the bits go everywhere and you're like, <laughs> you know, I've got all this to pick up. That's what it was like because there was times in the first half and second half I said to the chat next to me, I was looking and I'm like, with, I've, I mean, I, I said about how well QPR, I thought QPR played well last night. I'm not going to lie about it. And we'll, we'll touch on QPR shortly. But they were very rigid, which again isn't maybe not the the, the new way of football of the 4 2 3 one seven, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they had yeah. their 4 3 3. You could see what they were doing. The forward was playing as a forward. The two wide players were playing as a wide player. When the ball went out wide, you didn't have players chasing it. The wide player knew what his job was. The other wide player knew what his job was. They knew what they were doing. They moved as a unit. They shut down as a unit. I could not see what we were doing last night. I could not see what formation we were playing. I could not see what midfielders were trying to break. Um, Zian, um, Zian Fleming Fairly, yeah. was, was trying to do something he was asked to do, but he, he obviously clearly didn't know what to do. Um, I still can't pronounce the German guy's name. Apologies, but he might as well not have even been in the game. But again, can you blame him for the formation? The midfield, Shackleton, Shackleton was hitting passes out for throw-ons when it was easier just to actually play it to another player's feet. Every single outlet, even when we was in the second half of the second game, the outlet seemed to be a 40-yard pass back to Jake Cooper to build up some kind of attack again, which no one knew yeah. where it was coming from. It was clueless. And I've never seen a Millwall side out there who... I, I said it in a voice note I sent over to you. I'm not sure if you're going to put it in the second half of the show or, or a part, part three or whatever it is. But I don't know what you could take from that game and develop into the next game. You know, like kind of, oh, Sanso played well. Maybe if we adapt this slightly for when we play Blackpool. What were we doing last night? Honest question. I could not see. We were shapeless. We were aimless. I'll pick out the two, the, the two, well, one and a half positives. I can't quite make it to two positives. One was Billy Mitch. I thought that was, he was one of his uh, better performances. He put 100% in, in a very, very difficult, Situation. I thought he was our. If you can have a man in a match, I'm not sure that the, the accolade quite works on a, on a, a performance like that. And I take my hat off to uh, Zian Fleming for at least trying to do something and with some ambition, some measure of uh, creativity. Uh, the boy was uh, was was alone. Um, you know. A, Alone in a in a difficult place, and it didn't it didn't work. Some of his shots were wide at a mark and very very high. So I'm not going to rate that as one of Zian's um, you know for his for his YouTube reel. But 
Um, apart from that, no, I, I'm with you. I, I I don't know what to say about it. And, and even when I did the end of game video that I do sometimes, it's quite hard to find some words to describe it because it was so shapeless and, and clueless. If we'd have gone down, if you'd have made, gone down Arif Belt and Belvedere the other week and watched a game like that, I, a performance like that, I'd have said, well, that's about Park because they were only in the, um, you know, the, Careful, the, yeah. the Southeast Counties uh, East League here. And that's kind of what you're going to get. But we're not. We're playing championship football. It was the lack of effort it's the lack of vim you know you you can talk to the cows come home about tactics and formations um whether one suits some set of players over another i don't know i'm not a football expert i don't know there are such things as football experts you're self-appointed anyone that claims to be one um but if you're not going to try and that's this is where it's going wrong this there seems to be something within that group that dressing room whatever way we're going to put it these Group of men do not want to play. Uh, I don't seem to want to play for Gary Rowett. So he's in an invidious position. I know it's easy to slate him. And, you know, anyone that's listened to part one of the show, you just said yourself, Michael, you know, you've listened to it and there's people slagging the man. Um, and he's going to come back to him because he's, he's the bottom line. He's, he's where the buck stops. But, you know, if, if, a, if the group won't play for you, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. Um, why should that be, is, is my question. Why will this group of professionals, reasonably expensively assembled by mill standards, why aren't, they, why aren't they trying harder for him? Because they're not trying hard, because we look so poor, so pale, so easily worked out. I mean, we, could, did you think we could unlock that QPR defence at any stage? We, we looked hopeless. We're probably still out there now trying to score, Nick. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we were awful. And the, the thing is as well is that, again, I've like Millwall were bad. There's absolutely no denying it whatsoever. But QPR, I thought they, they did a job well. But the difference is, is that I, even in the second half, when they, when they scored that second goal, which was utterly, utterly unforgivable, the way that was defended, that second goal. Awful defending. Poor, but, the first one was poor defending, Michael. Yeah, yeah, but, but what the, the point I'm point I'm making is, Nick, and I do agree with you, but they came down and they did their job. They didn't rest on their laurels. They're like, well, this mob don't want it, so we're going to punish it. You yeah, know, you could quite, absolutely. You, could quite easily, you know, if you was a QPR, you could quite easily sit there and go, so Mill don't want it. Let's have a little bit of a smash and grab or maybe nick a point because it's a horrible place to go with the occasion, obviously, of the minute silence before mm. and all, all that came with it. Um, but they absolutely done a job on us. And, and it's like, it, it was a complete contrast. You You had... You had a team who started the season with Warburton, or Warburton was there. Now this Bill's come in, mm. and he uh, and he's got the team plan. But it's like like we, you just hand back whether players want it, whether they want to play for their manager. QPR they broke so quickly. They got that ball at the back, played the ball, broke quick. But then when they lost the ball, they were right back on us, back on our back line, putting pressure, winning the ball back, and going again. So in a blink of an eye. Their players are literally down box to box, backwards and forwards, moving as a unit. Our players yeah. are just so so pedestrian in comparison. And maybe we, maybe I'm maybe I'm bigging up how well QPR played. But I sat there and I was like, do you know what? I, I'd I'd want us to like QPR get stick because they're a little bit boring, a little bit dull, a little bit West London. But I was thinking, I wouldn't mind Millwall playing like this this season because this isn't too bad to watch, really. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, on our group chat, Michael was uh, praising QPR's performance. I, I wouldn't go that far, Michael. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I get where you're at. I mean, they they looked 
they looked okay. They passed the ball around in in the kind of um, the modern style. They broke well. They took the uh, the first goal, which I'm just reading here, was a um, Callum Willock. Uh, I, I wouldn't know Cal- Callum Willock from Adam um, listeners. I don't follow the uh, you know other squads particularly, but um, he cut in well. Um, he was given space to shoot. You know, now apparently Gary Rowe is saying in his interview that these have been two names, uh, Willock and uh, uh, Stefan, uh, oh, Chair, he's, named, he's the other one he's named uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the QPR side. But these have been two names that they've been touting all week as, as men to watch out for. And that the first guy was Murray Wallace. I mean, you know, I love Murray Wallace to bits. He was our player of the season. But he's given him time and space. He's not closed him down. And at this level, at any level, actually, even um, here from Belvedere, you give players time and space to shoot. They're going to get it on target. And lo and behold, you know, he was given time and space. So that's poor defending. Um, the second goal, no. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected to have seen that at the uh, Essex Senior League, the scaffolds. You know, no disrespect to those leagues because there's some good players there. But that was absolutely, uh, I don't even want to say schoolboy defending because they just switched off. That's not being interested in the outcome of the football match. That's not wanting to play for your manager. And that I find... Um, Appalling, actually. Um, now, I'm one not, thing I'm not... I will say just though with that, Nick, though, and I, I do, I do agree with you a hundred percent. And I, and I'm not on any Rowett in brigade at the moment. I'm a little bit on the fence, mm. but, um, but the thing is, is that there is still you don't want to play for the manager. Like some people don't don't like their bosses at work. Do you like going to work, particularly. <laughs> oh, I love going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, in all, in all seriousness, though, Nick. Some people like might not like their manager they play for. They might not like their manager they work for. But there's still an element you come to job and you're professional. And absolutely, for Mill yeah. to literally be strolling around while QBR take a quick corner and bury it in the bottom corner. And then I saw Savile like kick the floor and punch there, and I felt like, damn, well, if you would have fucking marked the geezer, this wouldn't have happened. So like, yes, yeah. Do do you need do you need Gary Rowett to, to tell you from the the subs bench? To mark someone at a corner. No, you don't. Damn it. No. If I'd have marked that bloke and tackled him, he wouldn't have scored the goal. Yeah. Oh, it's I just, don't know. yeah. But again, I'm not I'm not taking it away from the fact that Rowan, <laughs> he even needs to think of it, getting these players back on side and quick. Or yeah, I mean, I don't know if you read his interview. I don't know if you read it. There's, there's an interview at some length in the. Um, uh, on the London News online, which incidentally is strangely now the second story down this. I don't know about anyone else out there, but if you're a Millwall fan, this is the story, not the fact that Ryan Sandford saved the penalty for Weymouth, but if, if London News listening online, I don't know why it's now come down to the second story. This is this is where it's at. But, I mean, when you read the interview going into the meat of it, I, I do wonder if Gary Rowett is starting to reach the end of his tether a little bit. His, his leash might be at full stretch because... There's, I mean, I, I don't like to pick holes in post-match press conferences, Michael, because I think I wouldn't fancy doing it straight after um, a performance like that. You've got to come up with something and, you know, everyone's looking to pull it to pieces. So um, unless, you know, unless listeners out there could do it better, then always keep a pinch of salt handy. But some of these uh, some of these comments do start to make you think that we're, we're looking at... Um, the last days of the uh, of, of the of the Rower Empire because um, he's using words. The first goal was very disappointing. Um, I, if I was if I was disappointed with the first goal, he said, and then when I watched the first the second goal back, I really don't know what we're doing. Um, 
you know, word, phrases like that are, it's like body language. The, these are down phrases, yes, in the aftermath of a poor defeat, but these are down phrases that are saying to me, the man is, is in my set of the, um, the, you know, at the exit point, because I, I don't know what else he's going to come up with. We've seen no other signs particularly. He says at the end of the interview that he's going to have to find another side of himself to, um, you know, to bring to the to the, to yeah. the party. Don't know what that means. Um, I don't know the what other side well, he's got. With, 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 with Raul as well, Nick, you sound about his body language and, and you're spot on because there was a bit in the game where, obviously people who know who listen to this show, I'll, I'll do the occasional refereeing and then it comes a bit mm. of a joke, I keep bringing it up in conversation and stuff. You've never, but, never mentioned it, mate. No. Never mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, there, there, was, there was a bit in the game yesterday where he's really going at the fourth official for something. And yeah. he's pointing at something and he's pointing at something. And I actually said to a few people around me, I'm like, even with my sort of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm like FIFA level referee or, or decent level referee, you know, like obviously yeah, I, I do yeah. Sunday league. Yeah. But regardless of whether you're Sunday league or you're the World Cup, the laws of the game are the laws of the game. But I was sat there going, even with my head on, I can't see what he's going on about. I can't see why he's getting so angry. I can't see why he looks so desperate for a decision because what he's, I'm thinking he's appealing for that is never a foul or that is never an infringement. So he's screaming at the fourth official for something where, for, for obviously a free kick or a, but he seemed more, like you said about body language, it just stunk of desperation. I think he's getting to that else. point. I mean, I, I think there's probably a different podcast to be had and maybe I'll, I'll, um, you and me can do it about the modern um, art form of the dark arts of the game, the shithousery, as some call it, the, the, for it's taking forever to reform after a goal. I don't fancy doing that right now, but that's what QPR did on us last night. That may have been frustrating, Gary Rowe, but that's what he would do in turn. Were he one goal ahead at an away match, where you know three valuable points are on the line? Um, so you've got to kind of uh, play around that. You, that, that they're going to try and manage the game. I think is the expression. But if that, I, I think you're right about the desperation, and that that bothers me. I mean, the whole interview when you read it, listeners, look on. London News Online, South London Press. Um, I'm just looking at another quote here. Um, whatever shape you play, you've got to defend well and you've got to attack well. And if you're not defending and not scoring goals, then you're hoping someone steps up with a bit of confidence. None of that is inspiring stuff, is it? It's it's um, it's the it's the sound of a man that don't know what else to do. And and that um, I don't say that of any pleasure because he's got a job, and I don't like to see anyone anywhere lose their job, but. Um, you just the nature of football is it's a results business, and they're just not happening for us. I'm trying to think off air before we spoke, Mark. I'm trying to think of all the performances this season. It's only really Stoke, and I think part of that the opening day win over Stoke, the only game really where we've looked like we've controlled the game. I think you know 50% of that was down to Stoke's um incompetence on that occasion. Apart from that, we've been clinging on for grim death in every game, and we've never not really imposed ourselves on anyone. We've made some Hollywood comebacks, but you can't keep on depending on that. We had no fire in the belly last night for any kind of, uh, you know, uh, any style of comeback at all. And that, I think, comes down to the group mentality. I think there's the problem. I think it's that lack of drive that we're mm. seeing across the board. I, I, do you know what? There was even a bit of me thinking yesterday when I, when I left the den, like um, my dad and I was walking back and I just said to him, I said, Do, have, have we got it wrong? You know, like not necessarily as a fan base, I'm talking about as a fan base and a club and a team. 
because before the season started, we was saying how great the signings were, how brilliant it was they were going to be top six. You know, I even remember personally saying that I looked at the fixture list on this show, mm. so hindsight's a wonderful thing, I hold my hands up. I said um, in the first game, oh, this fixture list don't frighten me. Um, you know, mm. and I remember yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Burnley away, I'm not looking out for that. And, you know, there's all these things. Do you think that maybe the club's gone into this thinking, well, we might do well this year and it's actually a more com- competitive and tougher, maybe not competitive because it's a competitive division every season, but it's probably a tougher ask than we thought it would be. We probably thought the Fulhams have gone. Um, the better teams from the Premiership managed to stay up and the weaker ones have gone down. It's, um, yes, the Sunderlands have come up from League One, but so have the Wiggins as well. So the, the more fancy names who are normally up near the top of the table won't be there. Have we taken it for granted that we thought it might be an easier division? Possibly. And now, Possibly. And now it's come back and smacked us right in the face. I mean, I, I remember doing a, a pre-season profile for someone. Uh, what, what, what's Mill's expectations or what's the aim for the season? I think, you know, I, th- I think everyone was saying top top six was a kind of like the, the ambitious target when top 10 was the expectation because that's been where Gary Rowett has, has, has got us to. Um uh, to some extent, the football under Rao is not particularly enjoyable. He, he doesn't play a style that particularly taps into the pulse of the den. I mean, I, I was just thinking last night was obviously a strange occasion for anyone that wasn't there. Um, the there was no there was kind of like easy listening type pre match music and that stopped. Uh, so there was a period of silence almost before the teams came out. There was no let them come. Um, and then there was the uh, the minute silence, followed by a, a, an absolutely scorching version of the national anthem by um, I think Jay Britton, I think was the young lady's name, sung it um, a cappella, uh, which is no easy easy thing to do. I, I, um, I couldn't do it. Um, so there was there, there was a slight um, I don't know, it was an odd feeling about the place. But I think the crowd, once the game got going, Michael was there to be fired up, but. Part of the problem that I do track back to Rao is that his, his style of football is not um, doesn't it doesn't induce the den to get involved in the game. You're kind of sitting back waiting for something to happen rather than feeling any inclination to get behind a surge. You know, there's, there's no Millwallness about it, and I think there's another problem. Maybe that's what the players are sensing. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm making excuses for a group that are falling short on for their for their manager. And I'm making excuses for a manager that's falling short in his ability to to motivate them. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we've got a bit used to about the motivating there, Nick. It was obviously on Sky, so there was a few more, ca- or I think it was on Red Button, wasn't there? So there's a few more camera angles than we yeah. thought we used to. But yeah. I mean, I think it was when the second goal went in and he just stormed back over to the bench, sat down and got his pad out. And you're thinking... And this What's he right back- on that pad? I'm going to know what he <laughs> Dear, dear Mr. Berylson, I'd like to yeah, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for the role. However, yeah. um, but but, oh, but, but the thing with that, Nick, it's like, and this goes back to like the sort of like you said about the scaffold leagues and and all this kind of stuff. I'll tell you what, like even so, I know Sunday leagues are completely different kettle of fish. But when I when I used to play and when I've ref games with people who played, if you've let in a goal like that. Your manager don't talk, don't go and sit down on a bench or just stand there. <laughs> he gives you absolute pelters for letting like that. And the thing is, the the and like the three of them, are, these people are more qualified coaches than I'll ever be, than you'll ever be, than most of these listeners will ever be. But um, like, where, where was the drive? 
Where was it? They was all sat. Around. It's like they. It's like they was playing like Norton crosses. They're all huddled around the pad. There was like, a, what, what are you doing? There was a tweet from Stan. Big shout out to Stan LDN who found one of Gary Rowett's coaching. I think it might have been a coaching brochure that he's written or an interview he's done. Where what you think of listeners and you, Michael Avery, what you think of as shit football, it's not shit. We're oh, going right. backwards because it's fire and ice. You have to supply the ice. And then you put the fire in at certain strategic points. It's fire and ice. It's not crap yeah. football. It's not boring, right? Don't yeah. get don't, go, don't you go around saying it's tactical. boring. Tactical. <laughs> it's football played at a much we're, deeper level. It's a bit beyond. It. Yeah. It's we're a bit beyond us. Yeah. It's a little bit higher level than what yeah. we can actually get our little heads around. Um, fire and ice. Uh, it was. It was. I, I think it was a coach's voice uh, on online magazine or something. I don't know. Some old nonsense, really. But big shout out to Stan for finding that out. That actually we're watching fire and ice. I think the ice might have melted last Thanks, night. Thanks, Dan. That that's completely and totally <laughs> calmed the entire fan base. Dan's got the emergency break glass fire and ice, ice training plan that will calm it all down. I also want to give a shout out. I don't know the chap's name. He's he's, he's in front of me, and he, he he was he was on a rant last night. You'll you'll hear a lot of his comment on on the live uh, spin that I did earlier on. Big shout out to him. I love him to bits. It's um, it, it's it was that kind. That that was fire. I think I don't know, there wasn't much ice around. <laughs> At least we can laugh about it, Nick. Oh yeah, the, the, the laughter of the trenches. I think. Um, Blackpool at home looks like a big game suddenly, Michael. I mean, John Berylson's invested a lot of money in this squad by Millwall standards. We've got big plans to build um, a, a training ground fit for a, a team that, uh, you know, struts with the highest and uh, out there in Brands Hatch. And at the moment, um, this squad under Gary Rowett's management look like they're more suited to um, the depths of the relegation fight, uh, going by what we saw last night. Um, so Blackpool at home feels like a big game because we've got an international break the week, week after. Then I think the next game after is a long trip up to Blackburn. Um, so, yeah, a win would, would settle a few nerves. A loss might feel a bit different. I don't know. Um, Millwall don't really get rid of managers very lightly or easily, do they? No. I think the irony is as well, was it was only the other day that Gary Rowett said the football's going to get easier this season now. <laughs> fire and ice, fire and ice. Torvalin, steak and kidney, oh, bacon and eggs. Oh, there we are. I, I think I think the thing is as well is that I mean Blackpool. Uh, I, do you know what? I don't know too much about them. You know, you see their results, but I'm like you. I, I don't follow individual players unless you know everyone says they're going to be the next so and so or whatever. But they're another one of those teams. They'll they'll give you a bloody nose if you don't take them seriously. But every team in this division will and. And the sooner we re, we re, re, remind ourselves that, the better. Because I agree. You could quite easily you could quite easily lose a two three four nil to a to a Blackpool and then go away and lose four one at Ewood Park. You know they're, they're not easy games, and we we I just don't know, Nick. I don't know what to do. Like if, if someone said to me now, like you know, taking away the proverbial war chest of buying whoever you want, what if you're in Gary Rout's shoes, what would you do, Nick? To, to change this. I mean, it's all going to go going, yeah, yeah, I'll do 442 or 4 But I mean, like tactically, you know, like like wide players, wing players, what, why are you why are you dropping Tyler Bury when two weeks ago he was the best player on the pitch? Yeah, uh, we're, we're playing, we're not playing our creative players possibly in the right positions. I think, I, I'm not going to presume to start talking about tactics. I mean, you know, the, the boys on the on the, on the show will tell you about 4-2-3-1s and the 4-3-3s three and all that. 
Um, I, I genuinely believe that if you don't have um, any fire in the belly, it doesn't matter what formation you take to the field. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an old Millwall fan, listeners. I've been brought up in four four two. It's kind of all I know, really. It's the it's the way that the world for me functions. I think you can play four four two in different ways. What you need to do, what Gary Rowick needs to do, is find a formation with some players out there that give visibly give a shit and bring the den into play. It's his weapon of biggest weapon. Other teams will give their right arms for the the fire of coming to a place like Zampa Road, and it's being put to waste by a style of play and a style of football that just deadens you. So. Um, Last night, I mean, I think the best I could say at the end of the first half, Michael, was it was dull. I think that was probably the best I could say about it. Um, and if you keep on supplying dull football, then people become dulled. And, that, and this, the den is not that. It's it's a place of um, high energy and high excitement. So I think I'd probably have to think about a formation change. I'd probably have to think about going four at the back. I'd have to think about bringing in the best players I've got, which is Tyler Bury and, and, and Zian Fleming is, uh, is is the other name. And I would go to something like a four four two and go old school because he's tried everything else. Nothing else is working. Um, yeah. well, other well, than that, was... find where the nearest job centre is because, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one in Lewisham, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah. but, 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 you know, the one thing I will say as well, Harry says it a few times. And and I do agree with his sentiment. It's, it's very rare um, me and Harry agree on, on things when it comes to football. Um, but one thing I will say, I do agree with Harry, but again, to twist it slightly, he said, obviously, and he has said that we, he, we've got certain players who Gary Rowett's asking them to do things that they can't do. I think he mm-hmm. used an example of Jake Cooper being a ball playing centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not being funny. If he can't do it and you want to play that way, get rid of him. Get yeah. something else if you can. Because if you're asking players who can't do these things and you've had for two, three years, Jake Cooper, he has his critics. He also has a lot of people say how great he is and how invaluable he is to the side. But like you just said there, Nick, if you've got players like a or creative players or you want to change your formation or you want to change this and that and you've got a player who can't do it and he might be your best player, but it's very much horses for courses. Jake Cooper, you can't play in a back four because of this reason. So you're going to have to sit out for two weeks and we put Hutchinson back in and see what happens. Because you're saying to Jake Cooper, I mean, no disrespect, who doesn't love Jake Cooper? Exactly. That's just that's just that's just yeah. Yeah. Because it's a good example, but you you know that's that that leads and even Murray Wallace, to be honest, you know we all have a Murray Wallace Cruyff turn, but he can't do that. He's he's not. You know, he's 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 a very willing, one hundred percent player. Same as so is uh, Jake. But that's what leads to these long balls over the top into nowhere. You know, how many how many of those did we see last night? The long kind of punt. From the central defenders because they're being asked to be the new Bobby Moore because he could pass the ball. These boys are who they are. You've got to start to be realistic. Um, whether Gary Rowick can do that, I, I don't know. I generally don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit um, like yourself. I'm a little bit lost for words uh, after half an hour of rabbiting. <laughs> but Saturday, just like Bill, yeah, yeah. Just like Bill, we've been here for half hour and got nowhere. Got nowhere. Saturday feels like a big game. Um, we'll see. If the squad listening, I don't know if they do listen to the show, it's time to bring your A-game, boys, because if you're not going to do it, you, you you will hear about it too. Uh, Gary Rao will certainly take the um, the, the lightning rod, but um, there are players out there that are just not performing at the moment for whatever reason. I don't know what that is. But, uh, yeah, there we are. I think we'll leave it there, Michael. You're on your lunch hour, and we're going to play the show out now with 
a selection, a selection of voicemail. I've got so many. I did, I did two shows, listeners. So that's that's value for money, isn't it? Big thank you, to Michael Avery. Thank you, Michael, for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, dear listener, to talk to you and have you uh, probably moan down your uh, podcast uh, receiver <laughs> at me talking crap. And if you haven't had enough misery, then you've now got probably about half an hour's worth of voicemails that the chaps have sent me um, of more misery. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Arrivederci, Millwall. See you Saturday. Bye for now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Achtung, Mailball. Hi Nick Sangelo, mate. Uh, just driving home from the game. Uh, terrible, mate. Really, really bad. Um, you know, I was I was actually sitting there today, and I was thinking to myself, this is the end of the season. This quality of football, this system, would I want to renew my season ticket? And uh, the answer would have to be no. I, I just just didn't enjoy it. It's, it's just fucking shit. And then I questioned myself. You know, I've I've, I've never been vocal about row it out, row it in. I like Rowett. I like the way he talks. I, I want him to do well. I want Rowett to do well. But if I'm sitting there thinking, questioning myself whether I should renew my season ticket, watching this this kind of football, it's got to be Rowett out, isn't it? It really has. You know, it was just dire, absolutely dire. And we've got good players, mate. We've got good players. Just so frustrating. You know, it was an awful, awful game. Um, Awful performance. We, I think we had a good first 10 minutes. Then, obviously, we got that double chance where that geezer um, clears the ball off the line and then Fleming hits the bath. We score there. 
you know, with all that added, added extra time, we had probably about 15 minutes to get an equaliser. Um, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened. Um, but I, 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 the only thing I must say about tonight, the one positive, that was Billy Mitchell's best game in a Millwall shirt, mate. That guy was outstanding tonight, in my opinion. The best I've ever seen Billy play. And uh, he didn't deserve to be on a losing side, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, outstanding. He was a 9 out of 10, in, in my eyes. I don't know if everyone else saw it like that, but I was so impressed with Billy tonight. And somehow, Nick, we need to get... You know, I was very vocal about Honeyman in a 10. I like Honeyman, just not in a 10. We need to get Honeyman, Billy Mitchell and Callum Styles in that midfield. What system? I don't know, mate. 4 3 3, I don't know. He's never going to play 4 3 3, is he? he, he he's always going to have five at the back. And, and and maybe this is why my patience is running out with a guy, you know. But I, I feel we need to get them three in the midfield. But yeah, just so disappointed, mate. Really gave. But anyway, uh, I hope that we can uh, turn this around on Saturday against Blackpool if the game uh, goes on. And uh, I fear for uh, Rowett if we don't get a result in that game. Anyway, come on, you Lions. Hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. Ben Anthony here. Um, It's really frustrating having to talk about another very, very poor performance tonight. Um, You had to hope that after a decent performance in the last game and the frustration of last week being postponed and... Um, a London derby. There, there had to be something in all in all of that to for the players to have a little bit of fight in them. But other than the first ten minutes, I didn't see it. As something's got to be done because we're seeing time and time again the formation isn't working. We've got seven defenders who can't seem to stop conceding goals. Um, we've got a incredibly poor attacking lineup. We've got a striker for some inexplicable reason playing on the left wing. We've got an out-of-form Bradshaw or a Phoebe, doesn't matter which one, being isolated up front and therefore they don't get a chance and aren't scoring when they do get a chance. And you've got Fleming who still shows a little bit of ambition and wants to get a goal, but he's the only one. It's so poor. It's really, really poor. And it's frustrating because, like I say, the first 10 minutes, I thought we looked quite good. But then QPR worked out what was going on, matched us, and we had nothing to answer to that. Absolutely nothing. There was no change in formation, even at 1-0, 2-0 down. No real change in tactics. There's nothing. And you've got, I don't know, I don't really know what to say. We 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 go into another game. We've had a run of games now where we play really poorly for a few weeks, and then pressure builds, and then a result is pulled off at the last minute, and that only works for so long. So again, we're in a position where we're saying, you know, this team are under pressure, and the den could turn on Saturday if they lose. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull off a result, but. For me, I'd be looking at that result a little bit more cynically, um, even compared to how I looked at it against Cardiff, where, again, I thought we were kind of the better end of mediocre, and they were pretty poor. The only good performance 
I've seen this season was against Stoke. And that feels like a very long time ago. I don't, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm a bit frustrated. Um, and I think something's got to be done. Something's got to change. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you've got to be talking about a change of manager. And, uh, you know, I might be joining those calls on Saturday. We wait and see. Come on, you lines. Hello, Nick. It's Matt Richards just uh, walking along the Surrey Canal roads after that that part of shit. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just, um, we just don't like scoring at all, do we? We just, um, it's just, well, it's just, I don't know, speechless, really. Um, the f- first half started all right. I thought, well, first 10 minutes anyway, zipping it around. But, um, you know, we let just let QPR come at, come at us. I thought it was just a matter of time before we were going to score, really, in the first half. But we managed to get through that. And then when the first goal was, it was, it was a classy goal. I mean, Woodlock's a classy player. Um, he did have some decent players going forward, which unfortunately, clearly, we don't. Um, second goal was just an absolute joke. I mean, how he got in the box like that. And, I mean, 2 0, and then we kind of huffed and puffed, you know, just hoofing it, hoping something's going to drop, hoping that we get lucky. That's, that's what we seem to be doing at the moment. We just seem to be trying to get lucky. We're pushing the ball out wide, the wing backs aren't getting forward. That's, that seems to be our strategy, but it's not working, is it? It's just not working at all. Front three just don't seem to know each other. You know, there's no link-up play. Fleming was looking a bit lost. Vogelsammer was just getting, I don't know, gets getting caught up. No space. Um, Bradshaw just kept running, but we just never, we never, never, never threatened at all. Never threatened at all. We could keep playing until Saturday, and we're still not going to score. Um, it's just. Um, Something's got to change. It's just, um, you know, the win against Cardiff is probably papering over the cracks. Um, can I kid, kind of kidding ourselves, really? <laughs> that was a decent performance. That was a half-decent performance against Cardiff. But we've got, to beat, we've got to beat teams like QPR at home. Otherwise, we're going to be facing relegation. I mean, if the Sunderland game wasn't called off, we probably would have lost that. And then where would we be? It's a big win. I mean, a big game on Saturday. Got to win that game got to win it fuck the performance we've got to win that game because otherwise I don't I think routes these days could well be numbered anyway that's all for me depressing night in the den see you later Nick come on your lines hi Nick um, John Rankin just ringing in after that performance at the den uh, that is a kick in the bollocks um, and make no mistake uh, what I have to say is, I think QPR, if you look at them defensively, we just couldn't open them up. They were very, very solid at the back. They were much better than us, I think, in winning the second ball in the midfield. And they took their chances, which we didn't. It was a very tough one to take that. Um, I think if you look at the Millwall players... It wasn't the greatest performances from anyone, I think. That was a very lackluster performance. And a lot of the crowd walking out of the den are very, very disappointed. I think we should have showed better. Um, I think there should have been more aggression, uh, more strength on the ball. 
and a lot more bite in the tackle. So I don't really know where we go from here. I don't think we've got a lot to offer if we lose to a team like QPR at the den under the floodlights. I'm not a football expert, but I think this system that Rauer is wedded to of the three defenders, the two wing-backs and the two midfielders is what our problem is. I've said this for a long, long time. Um, we are too light in the midfield and we put ourselves behind the eight ball by losing so much second ball. Um, so, make of that what you will. I think with this squad of players, they need to be organised differently. I'm not a person to say row it out, but you can only judge by results. He's been bankrolled. He's got the players. They are just not performing. What is going wrong for me is the creativity in the midfield and also the lack of bite in the defence. Uh, Reading were getting round, sorry, QPR were getting round behind us. They were looking very dangerous. They missed a sitter in the first half, a header, which really should have gone in the back of the net. So, you know, you can't overanalyse these things and put spin on it and try and polish a turd. We've got to do better. I'm convinced we've got the players. They're just not playing at the moment. So, over and out, Nick. Uh, very disappointed with that performance. Um, the highlight of the match, really, was the beautifully observed minute silence and the national anthem. And then, I've got to say, it all went downhill from there. Ready, uh, QPR looked very assured at the back. We didn't really have any clear-cut chances. Um, in the second half, it was sweets off a baby for them. And, you know, we weren't threatening. We weren't playing the ball to the right players. We weren't giving Tyler Bury enough of the ball. We weren't imposing ourselves on the um, in the midfield. And I've got to say, you know, um, Vogel, Slammer and Fleming, well, they've got to step up to the plate now. It's time they performed. So disappointed of the den. Over and out. Come on, you lines. Mike Aiden here after that 2-0 loss to QBR, the tray name. I'm not fucking happy. I'm not fucking happy at all. Um, it was a disgrace today. I mean, the thing is, what Rowett said, he said, you know, we need to win our home games and then see if we can pick up points away. Did we look like winning that game? Did we look a team that could win that game? I've got to give credit to the recruitment team who has ever brought in those sides because I think from that side on paper um, that is a very very good team uh, and I think that is a team that with the right management could actually get into that top six with our current management I'm not seeing enough I'm not seeing enough from them at all um, I'm looking at formations I'm looking at a stick 5-3-2 you know today um, we're struggling two strikers go on two strikers come off how is that changing anything fuck all Towards the end, Malone comes on. How's that going to do anything? Styles in the first 20 minutes was our best player by a mile. He faded. Get him in the fucking game. Shackleton, clearly a talented player. Why is he not moving inside a bit more? Billy Mitchell played quite well tonight, but we know he has his limitations because Shackleton come in there, sit there. 
he could do a lot much better than what we've seen tonight. Um, excuse me, just arrived at Black Friars. Um But it's it's. It, uh, you just any game this season and this is what worries me I don't think we have deserved to win a game and that is the main problem you know even against Coventry when we're 2-0 down we got lucky knockdowns here and this here and there it goes in not one fucking game this season where I've looked at us and gone we look like a team that are dominating the game and are going to win now if this is a team that are going to finish top six that we are absolutely fucking miles away miles away and my concern at the moment, I mean, thank fuck we didn't play Sunderland on Saturday. Because if we got beat there 2-3-0, I can guarantee the Den would have been dead as fuck tonight. And also, eight minutes at a time, I stayed till the end. There was about two people left in the Den. Honestly, the fans are watching it and going, this is, this is dire. Honestly. And the concern is we've given Gary Rowe a new contract, we've given him time, we've given him his players. He has to prove he's got his players. Now, I know it's early in the season and I was prepared to give him time, but I'll tell you what, this time is running out very quickly because I'm not seeing any signs of progress at all. Apart from the players that you saw, Fleming looks quite handy, Vogelstahl, again, nice touches but I'm not seeing how that fits into the overall model of attacking football. There's nothing. And we know from history, when a Millwall team can't defend, we get relegated. And that is my main concern at the moment. We stay firm at the back and then we attack from the front. We can't defend, we can't score goals. This is a major, major worry. He's got to sort it out straight away. And that's my thoughts on tonight's game. However, that's your Millwall. Well, just back from the den, what can I say about what I've just witnessed? Um, I think, first and foremost, I think to take the game in isolation, we were very, very poor. Um, We didn't create enough. We didn't have any width. We, uh, again, let a ball bounce, I remember, um, in the first half in our own half. Creswell got took on um, and beaten one-on-one when he was out in the right back, right channel position. Um, And just, I mean, I've dug him out, but I could dig so many players out. But that would be wrong of me because we're asking players to do things they can't do. Jake Cooper is not a ball-playing centre-back. He never has been. He's a diagitter. He's not the ball-playing centre-back. The midfield, Zion Fleming played as a striker last season or an attacking midfielder. He doesn't play there for Millwall. Bradshaw is only good when you fire balls into him the way we did in the only time we got any kind of whip in the entire game to fire the ball into him in the first half for him to shoot over the bar from a hard chance, from a half chance, really. Now... If it was in isolation, you can accept it being one game. But as we take the season as a whole, played nine games, ten if you include the cup. So I'm going to include the cup for the basis that we've won three games. One of them was against Stoke, who were awful. One of them was against Coventry, who somehow managed to give us the game back when we were 2-0 down. The other one was the game against Cardiff, where the Den was in full pant over the moat with Morrison and Romeo. 
then you go to four defeats four or five defeats i've kind of confused myself but anyway you've got the one draw where we should have lost against swansea and then you've got defeats to norwich sheffield united you've got a defeat against reading at home you've got now a defeat against qpr you've got a defeat against cambridge in the cup now it's not really acceptable is it when you're supposed to be trying to go forward trying to build the team towards the upper echelons of the championship three wins from nine isn't good enough in the league and you know if we lose on saturday i do mean this on saturday any other club after 10 league games with only three wins on the board when a top six to eight finish was aimed for would be questioning whether or not it's time for the manager to go. The additional problem, or the additional thing, is that Gary Rowett has been in this position before. It's not like this is the first time. There's not particularly a great amount of credit in the bank, I don't think. I think the excuses that have been used before, it's not his team. He's not had enough transfer windows. He's got loads of injuries. There's not really that this time. It's just poor performance after poor performance after poor performance the refusal to drop five at the back the refusal to play with width the refusal to uh, you know you're never going to replace Jeff Wallace but we've not even attempted to get a winger in so we can play a similar system um, and change to go to that maybe it's not his preferred system but the system that we are now playing is not working his managerial style is to be based upon defensive um defensive solidity and you know um be hard to break down and only concede maybe one goal if we're going to concede at all ideally not a nick something from a set piece or a, a breakaway or a counter-attack and that's the way how he's got his success and now we can't do that so now it's exposing everything else of no we're actually not very good going forward and we have no real pattern of play. We have no style of play. We have no shape. You start, you start, and it's it's unraveling. Players look so out of character, so less than what they should be, um, and it's dragging their teammates down around them. And that leads to if you don't address that as a squad, as a club, as a manager, that leads to relegation. So it's definitely time to be talking about it whether you pull the trigger i think maybe it'll be early after tonight but if you get beaten on saturday you've got an international break three weeks off and managers out of jobs and surely if Millwall were serious about keeping their championship status you don't have to start weighing up after 10 games already whether or not it would be more expensive to get relegated or more expensive to get rid of Gary Rowett. Because if you keep serving up performances that we've seen so far at home this season, people will stop going and we'll get closer to the relegation zone and possibly get relegated. So something's got to change, in my opinion. And if it doesn't change soon, then we'll be looking for a new manager, in my opinion, or should be looking for a new manager. I've never been his biggest fan. I'm not going to pretend to be his biggest fan. But a lot of you are starting to see that you know what i feel like i've been seeing before what i've felt like he's done realistically the run during covid if we had been there he would not still be at this club so in my opinion he's been on borrowed time we've given him money to spend 
And I think the players, I think the squad, I think there are good players within that team. We know them to be. They finished 11th last season and went into the last day of the season with a chance. Admittedly, we have lost Jeb Wallace, but we have replaced him with what were called adequate replacements. Well, they're either adequate or they're not. Or is it the manager not able to get the best out of his new team? And I think it's more that than them not being good enough. Um, Styles is rated one of the best 20 players in the division uh, in the EFL under the age of 20, or was last season by the Not The Top 20 podcast. And yeah, I can understand why we signed. That's the kind of player we're signing now. We're trying to build for the future. And I don't think Gary Rowick's got much of a future if we keep doing what we're doing. Anyway, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we win 3-4-5-0 on Saturday. But if we don't, and we get a defeat, it's going to be a very, very toxic atmosphere. And I think you all know where that ends. Anyway, come on your lines. Achtung, Millwall. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.